0: This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp.
1: And on this Wednesday program, plenty from the football press conference. Daniel DiPrato updates us on Trey Marsh. You'll also hear from Brian Battee and DJ Gordon, the press conference we told you was going to be pretty busy a lot of great stuff from new women's lacrosse coach as though there were ever a women's lacrosse coach at usf the first women's lacrosse coach mindy mccord who just announced a 20 player class or first incoming class and kind of lays out what's coming up in that program let me tell you a lot of people excited about that sport being added to the list of sports at usf tonight it's a big one the women's basketball team going up against alabama give you some intel on the opponent, and we'll end the hour with Around the American, as there's been some pretty significant results both on the men's and women's side on Monday and Tuesday. On Mondays, we give you a full 15-minute or so version recapping the weekend of that conference show, Around the American. If you want to check it out, you can go to our unlimited, unloaded page, but on Wednesdays and Fridays, it's a little bit of a shorter version that we put at the end of the hour, which begins now with, yes, not just the interim coach Daniel DePrato telling us what's going on with his quarterback, but starting off with some very poignant words about, as you know, what went on at another major university involving the football program, which has been rocked.
2: I'd like to start off by saying our, our, our thoughts and our prayers go out to uh, the families, um, the football program, the entire UVA community, um, just during a very, very, very difficult time, and <clears throat> talk to our young men all the time about, about life and how precious life is, and uh, we have two of our former um, staff members here that are working on that staff. There's a lot of connections over there, so just our thoughts and prayers just go out and pour out to them during this very difficult time. Um, give an update on Trey. Um, so Trey Marsh had successful neck surgery yesterday. Uh, he uh, is in great spirits. We're expecting a full recovery. He is expected to be released from the hospital this afternoon and uh, is going to be around the team as soon as we can get him around the team, and is in a very good spirits and is expected to make a full recovery.
1: Anytime you hear neck surgery really makes you realize that it was a serious situation and makes you appreciate the attention that was given to him there at the field, and of course at TGH. And with that, I'm sure a lot of his teammates want to visit him, but as coach De Prado explains, it's not how it's been going or could have gone. An update on what it was like as he was visiting Trey.
2: Yes, I visited him um, the, the night it happened. Got a chance to spend some time with him. He's been sending us messages that I've been showing to the team every single morning um, so that they can stay in the loop on where he is. We've had players there. Um, and then there's also been times where he's needed to rest um, prior and post uh, surgery. That's why he's been sending video messages that we've been playing to the team. So our, our kids can, um, and, and the kids are reaching out to him, but there's some times he needs to rest. So we've, we've done a good job communicating directly with the team with video messages from him. And, and like I said, he's in great spirits. He's got that big old smile that he has. And he's obviously a very strong, healthy young man. Um, so we're helping that. that obviously just helps him moving forward.
1: Love to hear that the smile is there for Trey and we look forward to seeing him. Now you're gonna see of course the true freshman out of Raleigh, North Carolina, Byram Brown. In fact, you got to see him a little bit on the field after Marsh was injured. First, what he was able to do, and secondly, some comments from his interim head coach.
0: Brown to throw, unloads toward the end zone, it is caught, touchdown USF. Nice throw by Byram Brown and it's the big tight end. Little John with his first college
2: touchdown. Jason Little John. And the Bulls on the board with 146 to go. The best way to describe Byram is from the moment he stepped foot on this campus, he's been a leader. And he's done things the way you want it done. You want him to step up, take charge, put his best foot forward all the time, lead by example. And then, obviously, in his role, um, in certain roles on the team, you've got to lead vocally, you've got to command the huddle, take charge. He has shown that since the day he got here, and I expect him to continue doing that um, today, tomorrow, and right on into Friday night. Uh, physical tools, I would say. I mean, he, he's a big, strong, he, Now he's young. He's big, strong, young man that, uh, that is very accurate in his ability to read defenses and, um, and throw the ball. He's got a good arm, and he's athletic um he he possesses all the tools to be very successful at the quarterback position and I'm excited to see him take advantage of that opportunity on Friday
1: you you mentioned the leadership one of the things that coach Scott spoke about a lot was the team grit ratings and he was one of the guys that was kind of always on there and so I noticed it even though well at the time he was the fourth string quarterback didn't think it would come to any meaning this year but certainly I noticed it and I guess I wasn't alone
2: the quarterback position is is an natural leadership position. That's one that you're the guy. The ball's gonna to come to you every single play. You're the one that's gonna speak in the huddle, in the locker room. You're the one that's gonna command what's going on on your side of the ball. There's literally 21 people waiting for you. It's not just your guys, it's the other, they're waiting for you to, to snap the ball, cadence, checks, calls, bounce. I mean, all of that needs to take place. And the best way that I can describe it is, great leaders lead all the time. And from the moment he got here, he was doing that and people noticed and people saw that. So all that does is instill confidence in them, in the, in the people around him as he goes through it. And he's been doing that since the day he stepped foot on this campus, which is great. And people recognize that and saw that. Is there going to be things that happen? Is there going to be some effort? Yeah, absolutely. But the confidence that he has created with the other people in him, by the way he carries himself, can only help him in that situation.
1: All he did was throw for 3,700 yards, 43 touchdowns, to just four interceptions in taking his North Carolina team to the state semifinals last year. Also ran for nearly 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns, so definitely a talented guy that will be quarterbacking the Bulls on Friday night and then next Saturday against UCF. Here from a couple of his teammates in a second on Byron Brown, but one more from Coach DePrada. Of course, the defense was a problem with the team. That's why Bob Shoup was let go. Ernie Sims led the way. What did he see on that side of the ball? It was good for a half, for sure.
2: You know, in, in the first half, we battled on both sides of the ball. All three phases we battled in the first half, and we gave ourselves a chance going to the second half, and I kind of touched on it after the game that – throughout the course of the game, there's gonna be some opportunities to get a stop on defense where we're gonna to have to find a way to get that done. When the offense is, is going and continuing to advance the ball and score points, you have a little, I'm gonna say leniency, to not get a stop because you're still in it. But as soon as both sides, one, the offense doesn't get it going, and then the defense doesn't get a stop, that changes things in a hurry, and then it happens again. That's where we've gotta be able to work off of each other. But there were some things that we found um, that we did differently that we liked. There were some things that we did in the past that we liked as well. And we'll continue to to grow and advance on that. But I think the one equalizer is always the effort and running to the ball. And we've got some guys on that side of the ball that can flat out run, and we've got to get them to the ball, and and we can we can change the game in that area, and then and then hunt the football. If we can hunt the football and get ourselves some turnovers, that'll really help.
1: One of the guys who's been doing a great job of hunting the football this year is D.J. Gordon. He spoke on uh, some things about the cold weather, which we'll focus on on Friday's show. But he actually commented on Byron Brown here. He noticed him too.
3: Um, coming in this summer, uh, me and Byron came around the same time, so. We had a, I, he had a great first impression on me because off rip, I seen that he was a hard worker and that he really loved the game and he, and he wanted to be successful in life. Like he, he got ultimate goals that he want from this game. And he showed that from his first days here. Like he, I mean, he was working out with us off rip. Um, he was out working people in his position. Um, he was just working hard off rip. Had his head down, he didn't really say too much. He was leading in his own way and doing his job and just working hard. So I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty confident in Brian. I feel like he, he could do his job and he's going he to go out there like all of our other quarterbacks do his job.
1: And also, tell you what, this guy is starting to become a spokesman for the team when you don't have the same quarterback. It's kind of tough, right? But I tell you, love what Brian Battee has to say. He's gotten a little bit more relaxed around the media, not that he's ever tense, but does a great job of expressing himself with a smile and putting a lot of thought into his comments here about Byron Brown.
3: Uh, he's been doing a good job. Uh, Byron always uh, carried himself in a mature way. Uh, he, he's a freshman, but you wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, he always, even when Gary and uh, and Travis were still healthy, he will, he's always right there next to them. Uh, anytime they're getting reps, he's right behind them, getting the same rep, uh, and he, he's always wanting to learn. So I got a, a lot of confidence in Byron. Uh, I know he'll do good, and I'll keep him calm back there while we in the middle of the game. Just keep reminding them to stay calm and we trust them so should be alright.
1: And one more for Mr. Battee because he is closing in on 1,000 yards. He deserves plenty of accolades for what he's been doing and that would be quite the accomplishment as you know. Two games left he needs 137 to become the Bulls 10th 1,000 yard rusher in a season. Uh,
3: it'll mean a lot. Uh, it's a big achievement. Uh, I think the last time we had a 1,000 yard rusher here was in 2018. Uh, by Jordan Cronkright Uh, and I know my old line they keep every day we got to get that thousand we got to get a thousand so it's it's gonna mean a lot to not only me but my big boys up front too I mean I can't thank them enough for all that they did this year because without them I would be nowhere near a thousand yards so Uh, It's definitely a big accomplishment for myself, but not only myself, my old line as well.
1: So that was the football portion of things. You'll get more tonight starting at 6 o'clock, the first airing of the football radio show. Daniel DePrado, Albert Boone, who is the director of operations, along with Jason Vaughn. And then right after that, our pregame will begin. In fact, that first airing of the football radio show will present commercial-free to make sure it's done by 6.45. we recorded early in the afternoon, so... I'll make sure it works out that we're not missing the pregame show for the women's basketball game. Bulls and Alabama. We'll tell you about the Crimson Tide. Both teams are undefeated. It'll be a big one at the Yingling Center tonight. We'll also hear from women's lacrosse coach Minnie McCord as Bulls Beat continues. More Bulls Beat now. Once again, here's Derek Sharp. Another busy week for you on the channel. And again, Thursday night, it'll be not dueling competitions. You can take your pick and go back and forth if you like, but right now, both the men's soccer NCAA tournament match at 7 and the men's basketball game against Austin P at the Yingling Center scheduled for 7 o'clock. The men were unopposed last night as far as broadcasting interests, but very much opposed by a Stetson team that started off its season with a convincing win at Florida State and was on its way to maybe another one in the first half. The Bulls Got a three-pointer, which is always a good sign early by Jameer Chaplin. Would that be the key to carry them on? No. Three-pointer, seven seconds in. But the next thing you know, the Hatters were on a 13-to-1 run. And it barely got better than that the rest of the way. The Bulls just kind of hung around. Stetson was making its three-point shots. Got a couple back-to-back for a 21-to-8 lead at the midway point of the first half. That's right, the Bulls only on eight points. Ryan Conwell, the freshman, hit a three to get it down to 23-15. Stetson responded with the next five points quickly, and then Luke Brown would hit a couple threes as the Hatters would get it to 31-17. Luke Brown, who last year was at Ball State up in Indiana, never made more than two threes in a game. Now, to be fair, against Florida State in the Hatters' win, he was seven for 11, and oh yeah, Luke Brown is the fourth All-time leading scorer in Indiana State High School basketball history. That means he can shoot. And by the way, right now, Stetson has him coming off the bench, but that could change. However, three dunks in the final five minutes of the first half. Two by Russ Chiwa, one by Chap. Jameer Chaplin at least got it down to 10 at the end of the first half. Chap had the fantastic first half. He and Chiwa both on seven points, Russ. Three for three from the floor with five rebounds, but they were going to need other people to get into the scoring action, namely Tyler Harris, who was over from three point land the first two games and was over in the first half on this night. He and Chaplin would start to squeeze the margin down to start things off and then a big run to get it to within a point midway through the second.
0: Jameer Chaplin looking to turn the corner into the paint puts up a floater that's good and Chaplin continues to attack the basket just like he did in the first half Jameer Chaplin scores the first basket of the half for the Bulls and they've cut it to eight. Harris cross court pass to Chaplin Chap fires a three hits a three his second of the game and the Bulls make their third of the night. Junior Chaplin is certainly the player of the game for the USF Bulls so far. Harris passes to Bryant, back to Harris at the top. Goes almost by Luke Brown, stops to pop! Tyler Harris with a jump shot from 16 feet, and that is good to see. Give credit to Tyler Harris who hustled to get the offensive rebound and found an open opening in the defense and made his shot, so maybe he's starting to heat up, that would be welcome. Back to Swenson at the top. Shot clock down to seven. Swenson uses the screen. Throws a lob, caught, and the layup is good. Swenson has 13 points and now his second assist. So Stetson is up for the task here of keeping the lead at 8-10. USF has got to find a way to cut into that lead a little further. Jameer Chaplin picks up his dribble, gets it off to Selton Miguel, into the corner, Tyler Harris wide open for three, lets it fly. Bingo! I've been waiting to say that all season. (laughs) You knew it was going to come eventually, Tyler Harris incredibly makes his first three-pointer of the season after going 0 for 15, I believe it was. Bulls down six, they need a stop here, and Stetson turns it over on back-to-back possessions. It off to Ryan Conwell. Passes to Selton-Miguel, ball fake, gets a man down, passes to Conwell right side, he's open for three, bingo! And it's raining threes for the green and gold. It really is, We, we haven't been in this position much the last couple of years, but The Bulls are red-hot from deep range. How about that move by Selton Miguel? Alec Oglesby ended up on his rear end. Here comes Stetson back the other way. Swenson, he stops on a dime, and he carried the basketball, and that is three consecutive turnovers. Poked at by Corey Walker and a takeaway. Four straight turnovers. Here's Miguel, passes to Walker, two-handed dunk. And the Bulls are running and gunning. They're down a point, And Donnie Jones needs a timeout for Stetson. Indeed he does. The Bulls are scorching red hot. The best offensive sequence we have seen this season. 30-second timeout, which turns into a full timeout. 10-20 to go. Bulls down one.
1: Obviously, it seemed like everything was going in their favor. But off the timeout, Stetson would score. Brown would hit a couple of free throws. The Bulls would only make one field goal from the time Corey Walker had that dunk to make it 49-48 until less than six minutes to go. And at that time, the margin was back up to six. The Bulls, however, in the final six minutes would make six shots in a row to set up a fantastic potential finish. Here's the setup part.
0: The Bulls have put themselves again in a position where they have to be maybe not perfect, but extremely precise on both ends of the court. These two teams have not played each other for a couple of years, but the losing streak is 15 in a row for Stetson. Their last win against the Bulls was in DeLand in 1989. Their last win in Tampa was ten years before that. And I, just to put it in perspective, that, that win was when the Sun Dome was under construction. That was It was at Curtis Hall in downtown Tampa, which no longer exists. It's now a park. Download to Russell Chiwa. He's in his office. Big Russ. Steps through, jump hook left hand, good! 64-59 with 2.45 left. Nice soft baby hook by Russell Chiwa with the left hand. Cuts it to five, 2.40 to go. The Bulls have made three shots in a row. They need another stop here. Swenson out near midcourt. Two and a half minutes left. Lefty going left, now he cycles back to the right. Now he's back to the left again. Gets it off to Brown, he's got Tamir Taplin on him. Shot clock at five, Brown hands it off, now he makes a hesitation move to the basket, reverse layup good. You know, he <laughs> he made a great move to, to lose Russell Chiwa and just went right around him, unencumbered. Oh, well, they were so worried about him pulling up from three that they got up on him. Here's Tyler Harris back the other way to the basket. A Lot of contact, threw oh. it in, somehow, some way. Three bodies collide with Tyler Harris. He was almost behind the backboard and threw it up and in and he got fouled and a chance at a three-point play. 12 points so far on the Knights. It's a five-point game, now it's a four-point game with 2.01 left. Harris missed his first three shots tonight. He's missed one since then. 66-62. Here's Luke Brown with the basketball for Stetson on the perimeter. Gets a screen. Now he's going to elevate from 18 feet and of course he made it. He's made everything tonight. You've got to kidnap that kid or do something. I mean he is you cannot give him any room to breathe. Harris stopped on a dime. He's trying to shake free from Swenson in the corner to Bryant. He elevates it two to three. Good! With 132 left to go in the game. Keyshawn Bryant, who made three in a game earlier this year, just hit a huge triple. It's 68-65. Cumblin will launch to three, no good. Backside rebound, tipped and controlled by Sam Hines. Good box out by Tyler Harris there to keep hands away. Harris is going to stop. Fire from 15, behind the back, good! The behind the back dribble, and Tyler Harris is shooting with a ton of confidence. It's a one-point game with a minute left. Tyler Harris has been great in the second half, and the Bulls have been great offensively. Here comes the, oh, they take a man out on an illegal screen. Cross court pass, they threw it away. Wow, Brian Gregory wanted to, wanted a foul there because the Bulls got wiped out on an illegal screen, but the Bulls end up with the ball with 31 seconds left and 30 on the shot clock.
1: So you're down by a point with a chance to win the game. What do you do? You try and work it down, at least not for a last-second shot, but to get one off with about five, six seconds. That's exactly what the Bulls did. It was a decent look. The follow was an even better look but it didn't go down.
0: Now off to Keyshawn Bryant, 16 seconds to go. Harris out near midcourt, Swenson guards, 11 seconds to go. Harris gonna stop pop, 16, off the rim, no good. Keyshawn Bryant tried to dunk it in, couldn't do it. Rebounded by Stetson with five seconds to go. And they're at midcourt with four seconds left. And Keyshawn Bryant went over everyone, contorted his body and tried to dunk that in and it just wouldn't go down. Just wouldn't go down. Tyler Harris had a good look at it. Keyshawn Bryant came from the third deck, I think, to dunk it and just wouldn't go in.
1: No, Keyshawn Bryant's a spectacular dunker and it was not an easy kind of fly into the hoop. The effort was great, but if he thinks about it, he can probably just lay that ball in. Stetson would have still had plenty of time. As it turned out, the Bulls were actually not in the bonus. Free throw shooting was not as big of a factor in this game. The Bulls for the game were seven of 13, but both teams were five for seven in the second half, and basically the Bulls didn't even get that extra foul to give because Stetson threw the ball down the court, missed a shot at the buzzer, 68-67. The final, Chaplin and Harris both with 15 points. If anything, it was great to see. Harris get it going offensively, but Brown with 20 on the other end, 4 of 8 on threes, and Swenson, their point guard, ended up with 15 points. Bulls, as a team, shot 6 of 18 on threes. That's not bad, but on the other side, a little better nine for 27 and brian gregory's team
4: is now zero and three
0: coach another one that comes right down to the very end i guess walk us through the last couple of possessions there you had your chance
4: tyler did a really good job down the stretch in terms of creating some action and making some plays and had the ball in his hands he did a good job on the first option we got to the second option had a pretty clean look and uh told those guys to get to the uh, get to the offensive glass and had a tip to to win the game and just weren't able to we Weren't able to finish that one. Um, and, then, and, again, give them a ton of credit in terms of uh, the, the big stretch in the game was they scored nine straight points on three possessions. They hit a three off a special play. They hit a three on a, on a missed defensive assignment, and then we followed them on the three-point play. And, and uh, we, we get to the timeout, and we're down eight at that time. Uh, understanding time, score, situation, and and getting the stops that we needed to, and then at the last couple of possessions, we did it. You know, we got the we got the stops and the rebounds, force a turnover there as well. You know, so uh, not good enough. Seven for 13 from the free throw line. Again, we just got we got some things that we need to really, really dramatically improve in.
1: Of course, from his post game interview on USF Bulls Unlimited, we will post the entire interview if you want to hear it to our unlimited unloaded page. That's SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, or Spotify. Just type unlimited unloaded, but we got a few minutes left. We want to give you some highlights of the, you know, AAC women's basketball player and freshman of the week. You knew it was going to be Dulcie Fancomengiato on the first side. Career high points. Almost in back-to-back games, 26 on Friday against FamU and then 25 on Sunday against J U. And, oh, yeah, there was the first game, remember, going back to last Monday in all. She averaged 21 points and 9 rebounds, and she has been fantastic. That one looks good, and it is. Swish. 7 for 9 at the free throw line. One more for Dulce. We'll do the trick. That is her career high. She was the target very early and often for the Bulls. 8 of 11 from the floor. 8 of 10. From the FICO line. 11 to 6. Is. There's another outlet pass. A nice little pivot move there by Dulce Finkamengiato. And four quick ones by the Bulls have them within 11 to 8. Bulls look much calmer. They're going in. Dulce's
0: got the height advantage here. She's getting good position. They're taking their time, making a good entry pass, giving
1: Dulce the right lead towards the basket. Wild shot, but Dulce there for the rebound and give her 25 points and it's 67 to 54 with 45 to play. Now I doubt she's going to shoot 73 and percent from the floor all year, but that's the start she's off to 25 for 34 after frankly last year struggling at times and seeing her field goal percentage end up at 47. Definitely a player that can carry the Bulls offensively and in key times, namely down early in the last two games, they went right to her. The Bulls have been able to put five freshmen on the court at one time but the only one that's been on the court at the beginning of the game has been Carla Brito, and she was named the Freshman of the Week. Nice pass by Asensio Brito, too far underneath the basket. Lost her bearings, but runs down the rebound. Shoots up a three and knocks it down. Carla Brito gave it a little fist pump there. She didn't like that first miss, so she got an extra point out of the trip. A good pass. The to run with Brito. She wants to do something. Oh, a shake and bake move there, and she scores. She showed it, brought it back around the player, and laid it in. We said she was spectacular. If you didn't know by now, that would uh, sort of drive the point home. Too much on it. Priscilla Williams gets it. Do the Bulls hope for one shot? No, they want to run. It's become a three-on-one. fredo no look pass to Arnio. Fast break hoop. There's a little bit of her act. She picked up six rebounds in each of the first two games. Definitely, as you heard, can dish off the ball and score it from anywhere on the floor. Scored 14 points a week ago against Moorhead State in her college debut. For the week, averaged almost 11 points, more than six rebounds, and tossed in five assists, four against FAMU. She is the AAC Freshman of the Week. We'll talk to Jose Fernandez today, previewing, of course, tomorrow's Bama game on tomorrow's show, along with plenty more. That's going to wrap up the Tuesday Bulls beat him Derek Sharp. We're all about the University of South Florida, but we also want to keep you informed on the
0: Bulls' conference opponents. That's why three times a week we go Around the American. With today's show, here's Derek Sharp.
1: We said there were a lot of notable outcomes when it comes to basketball over the last couple of nights. We'll get there in a second. The college football rankings came out on Tuesday night, the top four. Basically, the last four undefeated teams didn't change. Tennessee knocking on the door at number five saw the UCF Twitter feed, the football Twitter feed specifically, not too happy with the fact the Knights only jumped up to the 20 spot, but they indeed are. After that win against Tulane, the top-ranked team in the conference league actually has three teams now in the rankings with Cincinnati. Jumping back in, Tulane dropped to 21. The Bearcats, in the last spot at number 25, again, UCF just jumps up a couple. And the most important thing is it looks like if UCF can finish the deal for the conference anyway, it will get in that New Year's Bowl situation because there are no other so-called group of five conference teams outside of the three from the American which is a nice little feather obviously. I would suggest to UCF if you hadn't lost by 3 touchdowns to East Carolina and also probably forgot losing at home to Louisville then you would be a little bit higher up in the rankings, neither here nor there. Now, we told you about the exciting win for Temple over Villanova, another thriller last night in Philadelphia, and they come up just short. Vanderbilt defeats the Owls 89 to 87. In overtime, Damian Dunn, who is already en route to being the conference player of the year. I mean, be some guys from Houston that give him competition. Scored 38 points, but Miles Stute hit seven threes for Vandy. Dunn was 7 of 9 himself, 13 of 18 overall from the floor. So, yeah, it looks like Temple's going to be pretty good this year. Memphis Tigers lose for the first time to a good Atlantic 10 side in St. Louis. Billikens go to 3-0, beating the Tigers 90 90- 84. Also on Tuesday night, could be a down year for SMU and/or an up year for New Mexico. Lobos are 3-0 after rolling SMU in Dallas. By the way, 84 to 63, first loss of the season for the Mustangs. On Monday night, Houston, speaking of number three team in the country, romped past Oral Roberts, 83 to 45, 51-24 at the half. Tremont Mark had a career high 23 points for Houston. Also. On Monday, it was UCF taking care of Western Illinois, 70 to 37. Haven't mentioned this name yet for the Knights. Might have heard of him, Michael Durr, former Bull center, played at Indiana last year. Now he's with the Knights, nine points and seven rebounds. On to the women's side, three games, and maybe the loss was the most impressive. Although UCF against a very good Campbell team on the road, certainly worth noting. It looks like the Knights, despite losing their coach and a lot of their Best players are going to be very good again. They got 14 steals and beat Campbell in Bowie's Creek, 62 to 60. Campbell had a shot to win it at the end, could not score. UCF added a free throw with less than a second to go. They scored 30 points off of 26 turnovers. So, different names, but it looks like same approach to generating a lot of their offense via their D. Houston defeated Texas A&M Commerce, 71 to 55 cougars get their first win of the season after a couple of tough ones tough opponents to start things off and i said maybe the loss was the most impressive how about smu going to number 17 baylor down by 11 going on a 16 to 6 run cutting it to one with just 324 left baylor only made two of its last 13 shots and ended up holding on to beat smu 58 to 55 and there was one game Monday night, speaking of going up against good teams, a returning NCAA team, Arkansas, took down Tulsa. But Golden Hurricane, again, hanging. This game was tied at 43 in the third quarter. They were only down by two with about seven minutes to go before Arkansas nudged ahead and beat the Golden Hurricane 79-70. to 70, So looking like some good competition for the women's basketball this year in the league. Looking at tonight's slate a half dozen games, including our own of course, USF hosting Alabama. Actually this morning, as you're hearing this, if you're hearing the last running, it's already halftime but Cincinnati playing host to Toledo, East Carolina hosting High Point. A lot of these teams do the elementary school days to get the kids in attendance. We had that last year with one early game, which is always fun. Tonight, Temple at St. John's, Miami of Ohio at Memphis, and Wichita at Oral Roberts on the men's slate all night action. Houston playing the it's basically located on the Houston campus, Texas Southern. Almost the same situation for Cincinnati at Northern Kentucky. Cincinnati, if you don't know the geography, is really Northern Kentucky. East Carolina hosts Hampton and Tulane against Charleston Southern. Volleyball rivals, Wichita State and Tulsa in Tulsa tonight. Men's basketball tomorrow. Wichita State, after that loss to Alcorn, has to go to Richmond, returning NCAA tournament team. Tulsa is at always tough Loyola. And the men's soccer tournament begins tomorrow along with our game against Hofstra. We'll let you know on Friday how Memphis does at St. Louis. And a big football game, Tulane looking to bounce back from the loss to UCF taken on, as we saw, a pretty talented SMU team. So we'll have a lot of games to recap on Fridays around the American and look forward to the weekend as well. But that's going to wrap up the Wednesday version. I'm Derek Sharp.